Welcome to our podcast at Gutsy Conversations Over 50. This is Susan. This is Heather. And we are two badass women who just happen to be certified professional coaches. We love our bold and courageous community who are not afraid to show up, be real and vulnerable as we all embrace the second half of our lives. And here's a scoop. We've made it past 50. We've had our fair share of challenges and life setbacks. But guess what? We survived. In fact, we thrived. Absolutely. So here's to getting gutsy. Oh, yeah. Today, we have to really talk about one of our favorite subjects. What's that? (laughs) Aging parents. (laughs) And the good daughters, tolerant daughters. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's funny. It's funny that you it's funny that you mentioned that. Um, I've just been having some like a lot of recent conversations with people who are you know my age, where we're dealing with aging parents as well as kind of um, our kids are like all their kids are like around my age, right? So like in their twenties, like they're not quite launched yet. So like really just, it's really interesting. Like, you know, that whole sandwich generation, I, I, I I get it now, you know, but um, I mean, launching your kids, that's one totally different subject, but yeah, aging parents. I mean, for me, it's been like a year of like craziness for sure on that. So it really share. (laughs) Oh yeah. Um, and I'll just share that's you know that's my past experience, not my current experience. Um, and there's joys and challenges to that too. But yeah, it that that left a lasting imprint on me. I mean, I could still feel the emotions. In fact, my hands were squish, squishing together because it with tension because it it is such a tense time. You want to extend love and compassion. But then there's so many other dynamics going on from family, from them, from their needs, from it, it just, please share. <laughs> well, no, you know, it's interesting because, um, no, you're, you're right. You hit on some really good points. It's like, you know, as you watch your parents get older, right? And, you know, let's just say, right, for the last 40 something years, right? you've been out of the house, right? You don't really know what's going on in their world or whatever. I mean, you obviously do, you visit them, you see them, right? But like, you know, I, I was actually thinking like, this is like the first time, like in a long time that my sisters and I are like privy to, situ- to situations in their lives that like we never thought we'd even have to like worry about. But like, so not only is it watching their health, you know, deteriorate and like, my dad's health, you know, he's in a wheelchair now most of the time and, you know, watching my mother then be a caretaker, right? So there's that, there's the emotion just of watching your parents get older and, and become physically infirmed, you know, and then there's also kind of this whole other world that creeps into your life. Like all of a sudden, like their finances are now my worries right? Like I never, like, whatever, like my parents were living their life, you know, I was living mine, you know, my sisters, we all had our lives. And all of a sudden now we have to like, even be thinking about their finances, right? So it's their finances, it's their health. It's kind of also, you know, their emotions, right? Like there's probably some sadness and, 
and loss on their parts. You do want to be empathetic and caring and compassionate, right? And then you're also balancing out your own emotions, your own time, your own energy, right? It's physically exhausting. And I'm literally just speaking off the top of my head. So, I mean, like the list goes on and on, right? And it's like they, they, there are some things they physically can't do. They just don't know how, like all of a sudden, like when I arrive, I feel like I arrive at their house, right? And I'm like, I'm IT girl, you know? And I've got a list of things I have to do on their computer for them, which is fine. I'm totally fine with that, right? But it's really like interesting because it's like, on one hand, we're back in their world, right? We're there for support, but they also need our help. And yet we can't provide all the answers and they're still mentally intact and they wanna make their own decisions. So it's like this whole whirlwind of like, well, it's resistance is push and pull. It's like a whirlwind, right? Like it's like yeah. watching their dynamic. Then there's like our dynamic with them. Then it's like the sisters, right? I have three sisters, right? So there's the four of us. We try to be on the same page. We're not. So there's just like so many emotions and it's just, you know, and I, I, I don't know, like I tend to be, like, I tend to want to be the fix-it girl, right? You could appreciate that, Susan, right? We just want to fix it, you know? And yet there are some things we can't fix, right? Sometimes, there, you know, you're on your journey. You have to witness. You have to support. It, there are times to stand back. There are times when you need to protect your own energy. Like, right now, the word that comes to my mind is I, I've been trying to create my own boundaries with this because there you you can it, you could just it's like a vortex you can get sucked in and like never leave you know and, and, and part <laughs> of the sucked it, yeah and it is a lot and and i i can empathize with you totally and the thing is as far as getting sucked in a good part of it is they want you to be sucked in you know they want you to go on this journey with them and feel the pain of it at the same time they want to you know feel their sense of independence. There's frustration there. And in the end, like you say, who calls who who calls the shots? They do. So no matter how much they, they draw do. you in, they're still alive enough to make their decisions for themselves. So you're left like, so I almost feel like it's almost like, be there with me. But, you know, you can't, being especially since we're people that like to have fix things or find resolution because we are problem solvers it's our hands are tied so it's almost like emotionally getting really deep into that vortex it's more the emotion the physical part for me was easier than the emotional part yeah yeah i mean and and i i was thinking about this like i'm you know like just for my own self is like i i do believe in protecting one's own energy so like you know you know it's one thing when you're in when there's a crisis right so uh, you know last summer susan you know I, I don't know if i've shared this on you know on the on the each with the community but right like last year there was more of like medical crises right so you know the sisters kind of rallied i mean literally last summer i want to say like every other weekend like we were there you know like or something, right? So when, when there's a crisis, you know, you do kind of show up and you're on it. But what happens is you can't live your life in crises mode, you know? Even though on some level, I think that my 
maybe my parents would have wanted us there. Like, I think that that was part of their solution. Like, oh, the girls will sleep over, you know, like the girls will take, we call ourselves the girls, right? You know, like, you know, the, you know, like, like they, I think they were relying on us for the solution, but the reality is, is like, no, like that's not sustainable. Like we can't physically be there, you know, all the time. So it, it becomes for me, that part of it is like, there's kind of crises mode. And then there's, you know, once things have settled down, like what's now sustainable. And I do think that for me, that's where it's, and it's push pull. I, I, I go back and forth. I'm human. You know, how much am I willing to give, you know, of my time, of my energy, because it's, it's very, you know, I have my own emotions, Susan, right? It's sad. My heart is like broken. I, it's hard sometimes, very difficult for me to watch. Here I am, like I'm a compassion person. I, it's really hard for me to watch the, anybody else struggle. And um, even though I know I do it for a living, but you know, yeah, I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of emotions, right? And then you've got to balance out the sisters and all of that. But um, I am grateful. Like I, I, I know you come from, you know, also a family of four, you know, as far as the, the siblings, like for us, we have been able to divide up some of the responsibilities. So that actually really feels really good. You, you know, like, it's not like everything is on my shoulders. Like as the oldest, I anticipated everything to be on my shoulders. And thankfully it's not, you know, I think you could probably share more cause you really, you went through but there's a lot. I mean, it's, it's, it's really, and it's very draining. I mean, I had like the last week I had to kind of step away a little bit and just be like, I need to, I need to breathe. <laughs> and then I'll, well, you know, next I'm going to see my mom on Friday. You know, and then I'll be like, you know, well, it's a reset. It's a reset because also we get pulled down this rabbit hole thinking that we're going somewhere and it doesn't really, it doesn't take you any place. So you wish even just an hour or two of even just spending some quality time feels good, but then you find out that's not even enough, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like, yeah. And, and it's, it, uh, you know, it's frustrating because it feels like whatever you do do is not enough. That's another thing that's really challenging. Um, and, you know, I mean, yeah, for me too, just seeing my mom physically deteriorate where she went with to a walker and had oxygen and, you know, all the limitations that were on her. And, and here she was such a strong, independent woman like your father. I mean, your father ran his own business as a doctor and, you know, he, it, you know, so now he can't even run his own life. Which is yeah. really unimaginable and, and really challenging. But yeah, yeah so it, it's like, what do we do? What do we do with these feelings, you know? What do we do with the responsibility of it? What do we do with, you know, trying to help them with choices that they're not necessarily going to take and you got to approach it a certain way to make it feasible that, you know, because a lot of times it's just going in circles. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that we did, I mean, I would have liked this to have happened a little bit sooner, but like a couple of years ago, I would say like when we really started having real family meetings, like we did get, so I think that could be helpful, right? It's like, I think it's very helpful, like kind of understand your parents' finances, you know, they had to kind of reveal, right? Oh, if they want to, you know, also understand like really what their health is and then understand what their wishes are. So that was kind of, I remember like, so a couple years ago when we started down this journey, it was like just openly and honestly saying like, okay, 
what's the deal with your will? Like, who is the executor? You can't just have all four of us, right? Like, it's like we we kind of started to set up some sense of like responsibility that my whatever they were, my parents were willing to like talk about. You know, I still think there are some things that have been left unsaid, but I'm hoping that the conversation's open. So like that felt really good for me, just getting things open and out in the air. So like we know what we're talking about, you know, so that, so that, so at least just kind of, you know, I, I feel like that were, that was helpful for me or saying like, okay, so like this sister is going to take care of finances. Like, like, let's be clear, mom and dad, like I will be your backup healthcare person, you know, like that's really like, just, that's good. Like now at least we know who the point person is, you know, like one of my sisters set up their whole long-term care thing. And when it started, you know, so it's like, I found that helpful. I don't know if you guys went through that, but it was, that has, that's been really like, that was like a relief because again, like as the oldest child, I felt like, oh my God, I'm gonna have to figure all this out. And my, my sisters are going to like be pushing back on me, you know? Right. Yeah. With me, with me, yeah. um, I have a, a sister who's older than me and two brothers. And so one brother was, oh my God, well, sorry. He, he and I were the financers. <laughs> Mm -hmm. um, until I couldn't finance, help finance my mom anymore because things had changed for her where she needed help with finances. So we pitched in. And then um, after a while, I couldn't help financially anymore. So um, my other brother had a pitch in. Um, and my so I remember that each one of us had our own roles. I was really the one who you know knew all her medications you know, into space mm -hmm. with all the doctors um, and uh, also her where she would live because she ended up moving into uh, independent living place until she then had a, the last nine months of her life. She had a health deteriorate where she ended up the last month going into nursing home. But um, and then one brother was a storyteller, <laughs> like she would call, right. tell me something, tell me about the family. I said, I'm the one who does this. Call Bobby for the story. Yeah, yeah. It's like I'm figuring out your medication. Go find somebody else to tell you a story, yeah, right? It's the truth. No, but it's true. It's true, right? Because because it's too much. You can't do it all. Yeah, and it's it's so. Uh, and I remember, um, you know, my brother who always hated hospitals and healthcare things. He, my mom ended up living in Atlanta for a while, and things were going pretty good. But then when her health deteriorated, my poor brother had to actually go to these facilities that were so horrible. And where my mother would fall and, and be in bed and, and the nursing care was just horrible. And, and what he had to see, it's like, so the last month of her life, we decided, which we didn't know it was the last month, but let's bring mom from Atlanta to New York. I remember at the plane, I went down to get my mother and he's in the distance, you know, like leaving in the street in the parking lot with his wife and he's waving like, bye-bye, <laughs> don't come back. <laughs> It's like, don't let the door kick you on the way out. See ya. It's like, you know, out of here. Because he had just, you know, poof. and he really was good for what he, for his circumstances. And then so my mom comes up to New York and we find her this really nice nursing home. And my mom had her hair colored twice, dyed in two, in the two weeks, three weeks that she was there. And she called me up she's, and she was always like very into politics and uh, in this world and great conversations. That's why she wanted me to talk to her about stories. Anyway, so in this nursing home, 
she's trying to, you know, elicit conversations with these women who were probably half dying. And she said, yeah. she said, Susan, she, the day, two, three days before she died, she said, Susan, she said, if I start talking like da, 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 like, like not making any sense, excuse me, just please forgive me. And unfortunately, she had an aortic dissection, her heart blew open. And oh, my God. She died very oh quickly, God. which oh is, God. you know, was painful. But, you know, I, my mother always wanted to live and never wanted to die. But the, that day, she said to me, um, like a little girl, she said, am I going to die today? Oh, and like she I knew. knew she was she was you know and I think she was definitely ready at that point because she certainly wasn't going to live in a nursing home for very long yeah 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 but, but it was yeah. I, and so when she did die I gotta be honest my mom and I had a very interdependent relationship where there was a period of, a very long period of time where I felt like our relationship had shifted for maybe about 30 years where I was like the mother in the sense that mm -hmm. she would come to me with so many different issues. And then the last two years of her life, I really felt more of that equal relationship, even though I was helping her more, I felt, you know, um, this greater sense of, you know, um, you know, more mother daughter, but also woman to woman and learning about her life. And it was a really a great time actually, but. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. But when she did finally die, I felt like I said, this is freedom. And I didn't mean it from a bad way. I just, it's just that I, I was in so deep, you know? Yeah. You know, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's hard. And you, you were, you know, caretaker, you know, role. Um, it is, it is very challenging though, you know, like you said, to kind of, you know, become the parent to, to your parent. And I, I, I do think that that is, actually one of my own frustrations and maybe some of the frustrations of my sister is that you know they do sometimes come for guidance and yet they're going to do whatever the hell they want to do anyway so you know that's where it's a fine line like i'm telling you like we could all tell them exactly what to do but they're going to do whatever they want so a lot of times you're playing you're playing you know catch up and putting band-aids on things just to keep things moving. And, and, and I know I'm not alone. I mean, I mean, I, I think that's the point. I mean, I think the weirdest part is getting involved with your parents' finances, you know, uh, you know, you might, whatever you think of your parents, you know, you just think they've got it all together. And sometimes they don't, you know, uh, you know, or maybe you thought they never did have it together, but they've got a, you know, shitload socked away. I mean, I don't really know. But I do think that for me, hardest yeah there's two the the most difficult thing for me is to um release the my own attachment to the outcome of my advice and i hope that i don't know if that makes sense but like yeah i feel like you're asking me my advice like you're asking i'm not just offering an opinion like you're asking i'm telling you what i know is right and then it gets frustrating when it doesn't happen. So then you're like, okay, I need to release my own attachment to that. I gave the advice. Like, there's only so much I could do. Right. Yeah, you know, and, and it's just not me. My sister's too. Every, all of us, because you're, you're invested in their well-being, but then, and you're, you're using all this energy up, like you said, and then when they, it falls flat, you wonder, you scratch your head and you say, why? Why did I go through all that expending of energy? when it's for naught, you know? But the th one of the things with, with when you talk about aging parents and us aging, 
is that you know at a certain point their income is not being generated so it's constantly right. being drawn down the principal or whatever i mean some people are well set off it doesn't make a difference but you know most even, people are not even most even people what, yeah. yeah even for parents who have lived you know really you know beautiful home and the cars and and let's say your dad was a doctor at some point it's diminishing returns unless it's you know yeah. they have a beautiful trust fund and you're a trust fund baby but um yes yeah, so i'm not yeah <laughs> i am not a trust fund baby trust me i wish i were Aye. incredible yeah so that, that it's, it's it's really interesting so i mean i guess so it's like you know on one the other you're just to flip it to the parents right like you said their concerns might be like things are out of the starting to feel out of their control right things financially now are fixed and or really depletion right there's there's their exponential depletion can happen pretty quickly right you know so with nursing um, care and you know health care right right they may be you know so they may be even they may be down and depressed right it's like they have to kind of come to terms with their own mortality so I'm sure there's a lot. What are some other things do you think, Susan, and, and, that, but also, that they might also, be going through? Well, the fact of is that, you know, like I know my mom had a lot of pride in her home and everything was a set in a specific, beautiful way. And then all of a sudden she had a downsize to this independent living and she had a three bedroom house and two bathrooms and it was just one person. So it's their yeah. concept of who they are and who they are. Yeah. You know, I mean, even to the point where my mom always was an impeccable dresser. And, and the last maybe 10 years of her life, this lady wore, before sneakers were in, she wore sneakers with all these outfits. So, oh my God, know. that's cute. <laughs> yeah. You know, even going to a wedding, you know, she was wearing black sneakers under a black dress. It's just, it's just like so many things change that you have to deal with. And, yeah. and also keep your sense of integrity and sense of, you know, being sharp and, and of value and, and, like I'm just going through something myself, but even though I'm I'm not there yet, thank God. But like roles have changed so many times. Like when you're, you know, your mother and your kids are young, and then they're in college, and then they're pulling away, and and like now, you know, my kids are my daughter's forty, and and the other kids are forties, fifties, and really, once again, there's another change going on, and it's it's like. It keeps it keeps you trying to redefine who you are and your roles are in relation to family. Now, with your parents, your parents have opened up their world to you girls coming in, and some of the vice is probably helpful, and some of it, like who wants to hear it? Well, who wants to hear right. it with that energy or with that sense of like you know better than them? It's like wait a second, we're the parents, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, well, I mean, that is one of the things that we found is that sometimes we're just kind of like, wait, like, this is where you are. Um, and um, it's definitely, it's it's definitely not, not, not easy. I mean, I, I guess what we have found, what we found is that, and I'm trying to say this, like, as globally as I can, you know, perhaps things think about what life was really going to be like in their 80s or 90s, right? Like they, you know, they maybe they kind of thought it was always like happening out there. Whereas, I mean, what I'm finding now for myself is this experience is now teaching me like, oh, 
I mean, I already kind of think of my life always like, where do I want to be in five years? What do I want things to look like in 10 years? You know, so I have a feeling I'll be able to kind of plan, you know, assuming I live that long, God willing. But like, I do feel like some planning might not have been done. So it's, it's definitely making me think, oh, what can I do to make it a little bit better on my own children, you know, down the road when they have to kind of clean up my mess? That's what I'm talking about, right? At some point, you figure somebody's going to come in and have to look at your mess, you know, yes. like the yes. mess of your life, not not physical mess or anything. Like, but like at some point, right? People are going to have to like look in, see what that's you've been doing been my, for your whole life. Yeah, that's that's always been my my biggest thing. Is like, I mean, you can walk in my house, and my house is immaculate. In my closet are my pictures, my papers, yeah. my my clothes. And I always say to myself, if you want to declutter, Susan, just do one thing. Think of what your daughter will do when, when you die. She's just going to throw everything out, you know. No, but also I'm sitting here thinking, like, what do I want? Like, maybe we need to clean some stuff up before anybody takes a look. Like, do we want them to know this? You know? No. It's like, that's what I'm saying. Like, figure it out, you know. Um, there are some easier things that people can do that I don't think that my parents did, but that's okay, you know. Um, you know, live and learn, you know. And then, and then um, also, like, who wants to be – criticized for the way you lived your life you did the best you exactly. could whatever whatever that good is meaning even if you stuck your head in the sand and chose not yeah. to plan that was your choice yeah. and you don't want people giving you an opinion about it even though you have to dig into your own pocket to help out sometimes or or you know more is expected to you, of you than you ever thought was was going to be expected so there's just so many dynamics and this is just not a one yeah. time. <laughs> there, there's so many dynamics. And you know, the other thing that I that I share is that, you know, my grandparents, three out of the four grandparents died when I was young. You know, one mm. my one grandfather died when I was a year, the other two grandparents passed away when I was about eight or nine, you know, young. And I had one grandmother who lived till she was, you know, just before ninety-eight, you know. So we did, and she was a very positive person. So, you know, the experience is that none of us had to deal with kind of like the reality, and my grandmother lived like 30 years without her husband, right? Like she lived, you know? So it's interesting because we didn't have much to go by as far as past experiences, right? You know but, what I'm saying? Like my parents didn't even have to deal with these kind of things. Their, their parents, they're, they're, they were gone. Like, yeah, but, you know, but, so, but they did deal with, their parents at that time like how old were they but they died young they died like, like in their 60s okay but that was not necessarily young back then no so, but it wasn't aging no 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 they died like unexpectedly like okay. a heart attack like it wasn't like they were dealing with an aging elderly parent right right you understand yeah. what i'm saying mm -hmm. so my point is that like we didn't have much experience other than my grandmother who was always positive you know so it's like um it was, I'm just saying, it's just an observation that, you know, I do feel like it's new, it's new territory. And, and, and I would, I would actually argue that maybe a lot of people in my age, in our age bracket are like that because a lot of people did die younger back in the day, you know, right. we've got right. people now living in there to their nineties and a hundred, you know, like it, it's, it's a big deal. You know, we can keep them alive. We can keep people alive, but now they're, you know, they're sick and they're feeble or, you know, frail, you know, there's a lot to be yeah. concerned about. Well, uh, well, yeah. I, like, I had the experience where my grandparents did live till they were older, 
like my um my grandmother and grandfather my mom's side died in their 80s and for my mother you know she had i mean she always felt like and she was a back in those days I think um, she was like a mistake baby because she the parents were like 40 oh years God. older than her. That's how she would wow. call it. I forget what you call it. But she felt a huge burden of responsibility taking care of young kids and then having to like schlep into Brooklyn and help take care of them. And then my grandmother d- died at 90 and she died wow. uh, before my father died. Wow. After my father died. Sorry. She, no, my after, grandmother after. at 90 died after my father died because my daughter father died at 56 and here she's in a nursing home it was parkinson's and i had to go in and tell her and he would see her every week and bring her cookies and do her laundry and really really was a caretaker for her even though she was in a, a nursing home and i remember when he died i just having to tell her that her son died but then it oh wasn't just, it was horrible but then it was also who was going to pick up the slack of the way he was such a caretaker for her thank goodness my brother did pitch in once you're there it's a totally different situation when the responsibility is on us so yeah I mean and I guess you know just to kind of throw in a few nuggets of kind of what I'm learning for myself is one kind of know my own limits Mm -hmm. create my own boundaries on what I can handle and what I can't right still try to take care of my own health right eating well and all that kind of stuff right and then also just being able to again let go of attachment to outcomes yes because i think that is my personal and i I think probably i'm not alone just my personal you know i get i get emotionally you know invested and i want to see it a certain way so if i could just release the outcome or the expectation that definitely is helpful and you know and i'm i am grateful that i've got the three sisters you know I feel, I know a friend of mine, she had to deal with a, a parent, her mother who was very sick and she, she was an only child. So, you know, it all kind of fell on her. Oh. Now she's dealing with her own father. Not that he and her father's fine, but it's like, she just has one living parent and it's like all on her because she's an only child. So, you know, I feel for her, you know, so, you know, I guess if you do have siblings, it is, that is one benefit is that you can divide up some responsibility and, you know, um, I guess the one thing that I'm learning also is that it's not a competition. You know, um, if one sister can do something and I can't, it's okay. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think that my parents are saying, oh, Heather was here for five hours. This one was here for six hours. You know, you do the best you can, you know. Um, divide and conquer. <laughs> divide and conquer. I mean, I, I guess that would be what, I, that's kind of, if I had to give any pearls today, that's that's kind of where I'm sitting. And just to know that it's a marathon and not a sprint. I mean, I think maybe you sprint a little during a crisis, but the rest of it is really a marathon. And and, and, and you got to just pace yourself, you know, those are my pearls. I think it's compassion for them, for them and compassion for yourself. Yeah. I mean, this is a, this is a big topic, Susan. We could probably talk for hours about it, but I think, I think this was good. And, um, I'm sure, I'm sure we'll be sharing more about it. But let's do that. Let's do that. Because it is a really emotionally charged issue. It definitely is. You know, And we like that. We like getting oh. gutsy about emotionally charged issues. <laughs> I, I love getting gutsy with you. Love you so much. Love you. Till we meet again. Yes, have a good night, honey. 
Thank you for listening to Gutsy Conversations Over 50 and connecting with our Gutsy community. For more inspiration, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Gutsy Conversations Over 50. Until next time, love you. Love you too.